The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to the second episode of our WandaVision coverage. This week we are talking about episode number three, Now in Color. I love the title of these episodes. Yes, so when we recorded last week for episodes one and two, they had not released the title names on Disney+. Uh, However, the title for episode one is In Front of a Live Studio Audience. And episode two is Don't Touch That Dial. So all three of these names are are great, you know, throwbacks and homages to classic television. The live studio audience, the Don't Touch That Dial. You know, I mean, the transition from black and white to color, that was a, such a huge deal that, you know, that was a, an advertising, a selling point for, for shows. You know, if you had a color television, you could now watch it in this glorious color. And they did... Um, record at least some scenes in front of a live studio audience for I, some of these episodes. I would hope so, because, I mean, it's kind of one of those, why be there otherwise? <laughs> you know, it's just, if you can do it, why would you not? Um, so, Obviously, this was before COVID. They they filmed the, the studio audience ones. I mean, you can still do partial. I mean... Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not overly worried about about their 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 COVID precautions here. So, I mean, if I were there working, sure, I'd be concerned. But as as a viewer, to be perfectly honest, as a viewer, I really hope to like not think about that. For yes, the, for the half hour this episode's running. <laughs> yes, escapism at its finest. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Again, 2020. Don't ever come back. So this episode picks up really very shortly after the, the last episode. There's almost no time in between. Uh, obviously, the, the setting has changed, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But the episode deals primarily with Wanda going through a pregnancy in, I don't know, what, 30, <laughs> 36 hours, maybe? Oh, oh less than that. Because Vision says at the beginning, like, what if it had only been 12 hours and... Then she gives birth a couple hours later. <laughs> okay, yep, all right, that's fair. Yeah, so it's following them as this obviously very impractical childbirth is happening. And we start to dig in a little bit deeper still. There are, as we go through, more cracks starting to appear in this facade. And things are not going quite right. Um, it's making me stand by my prediction that by about episode five, everything's going to be going completely haywire. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll get into that here in just a few minutes. So this episode is primarily an homage to the Brady Bunch. Uh, I had a coworker when I said that to him, was kind of confused as to how they would do that because he's like, well, there's only the two of them. There's, there's no six kids. It's like, no, I get that. But if you look at the visual style of this show... Of, the, of this episode, I should say. It is very, very, very heavy Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, just looking at the house. The, I mean, that was my first clue. It's got the, the brick tile entryway. It's got the open staircase. The in, inside and out has uh, rock masonry work. Things that are very, very 1970s. And, and of course, the clothing. 
Uh, uh, yeah, the clothing and the look, definitely. Um, I thought it was also interesting in the previous episodes, the exterior of the house, um, you know, was in an, a- was an actual house in an actual neighborhood with real houses to the side. And in this episode, um, it's like painted backdrops are the and, background. And not even good painting. No. <laughs> uh, early on in the episode, we see the neighbor Herb once again, and Herb is is trimming bushes. And there is really almost no background behind him. Like it, it's very, you know, 1970s shot on a studio kind of look. Now, th- again, this is one of the first times we start to see things start coming off the rails in that as Vision is talking to Herb, he's cutting the cutting the bushes and actually starts cutting significantly into the cinder block wall in front of him. And then when Vision points this out, Herb notices, agrees, and then keeps going. Keeps going and seemingly just goes blank m- mentally. Like he just he can't take the action he needs to take in order to change what he's doing. And and we'll see that a little bit I th- as a as a theme moving more and more forward in this episode. Yes, I did notice something about um Herb's house which may have just been a script error but Herb appears to be living um to the left of Vision and Wanda um in the very first episode when we first meet Agnes she goes I'm your neighbor to the right my right not yours which would put her in that house so um I think it was probably just a script uh you know somebody forgot that aspect of the script and wasn't paying too much attention and didn't really care too much about where they put these neighbors. But um, who knows with this show, any little thing could be. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I mean, I mean, yeah, no kidding on that one. So as, as the episode progresses, you know, the episode actually starts off with uh, the doctor examining Wanda and he puts her pregnancy at about four months. Uh, And based on vision's comment, to the doctor, it's been, he said, about 12 hours. So obviously things are are very not right, you know, progressing at really an alarming pace. From there, we see uh, Wanda and Vision preparing the baby's room, which at which point, like, Wanda hangs up a mobile for the baby over the crib and then inadvertently turns all of the little butterflies on the mobile life, uh, turns them to being alive. So we start to see throughout this episode, Wanda not having full control over her abilities, and that only increases as the episode goes on. Um just moving forward here for a moment, because there is something I want to get to before we kind of keep going on that thought. One of the things that's that they're also doing is is baby prepping, and we see Vision practicing diaper changes on a baby doll, and that doll is another uh, homage to the Brady Bunch. That is basically a carbon copy of Cindy Brady, the the youngest Brady daughter of her uh, doll Kitty Carryall, and apparently I'm not a a big Brady Bunch fan. Thank you, Dr. Google, for this one. Um, there is a, a, an episode in the first season of the Brady Bunch that heavily focuses on this doll. Uh, Cindy apparently loses it and they accuse one of the other siblings of taking it, yada, yada, yada. So this this is kind of an iconic uh, piece of the Brady Bunch that, again, is kind of being brought in to, to reinforce this era. If, if, you know, the architecture and, like, the kitchen appliances and the clothing weren't enough. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, those kitchen appliances. Those are just, that's a hell of a color. (laughs) 
Um, however, speaking of the kitchen appliances, uh, while this is going on, Wanda starts having uh, Braxton Hicks contractions, which are false labor, and starts sending everything in the kitchen haywire. And in fact, it gets to such a point that they actually blow out the power in the neighborhood. Then from there, obviously, Wanda rapidly progresses to full-blown labor. Vision leaves to go try and get the doctor back because the doctor was supposed to have been going on vacation because, you know, the baby wasn't due for another five months, according to his estimation. And then while Vision is gone, who shows up again but Geraldine? And now this becomes interesting because this is really the first time we see the real world the the real mcu world intruding into this sitcom like truly intruding everything else has basically been in character for lack of a better term mm-hmm. you know when we had the the helicopter in the last episode that was it was in color even though the show was in black and white but it was still a period piece and the beekeeper still looked period even though obviously he had the the symbol on his back and just kind of sinister ominous aura about him right this time however when wanda starts talking about the twin boys she has given birth to she mentions she mentions that she was a twin and then starts talking about pietro which by the way was pretty i think heartfelt oh yeah that was very well done on, on elizabeth olsen's part and that conversation with geraldine eventually leads she says he was killed by ultron wasn't he mm-hmm. and at this point wanda Almost takes a, a bit of a sinister turn. Um, and, you know, we, we see her confronting Geraldine more and more about this. And then eventually we cut from there back to outside where Herb and Agnes are talking, still in like the same place where Herb was, was cutting the hedges. And Herb wants to tell Vision what's going on. You know, Vision kind of asks, cause, because he sees the two whispering back and forth, what's going on? Herb wants to tell him and Agnes basically forces him not to. It also seems like he can't. Like, he's trying, but he can't, and then she just gets him to stop trying. Right, and it's kind of the same thing with, with um, not Agnes, with Geraldine, is when Wanda really confronts her, she starts trying to say, I don't, I don't, but she, she physically can't get the words out. And it also, when she mentions Pietro and he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? It kind of seems like she's come out, uh, it, it's... There Not a- clear whether she's saying that on purpose or whether, which is a testament to the actress, but whether like something jogged her memory and she's just like momentarily has a moment of of clarity or um, it's it's kind of hard to tell exactly what her thought process is or if she even has a thought process as the words are coming out of her mouth. That's not the only place we see something like that either. When uh, Vision drops off the doctor after getting him and then returning him home, Vision asks, well, what about your trip to Bermuda? And the doctor struggles to say it, but gets out basically that it's very difficult to leave a small town like this. And he uses the word escape escape specifically. So then by the time Vision gets back to the house... Geraldine is gone and Wanda is calm, focused on the boys. And that's kind of where we leave that pair. And the end of the episode, we see Geraldine flung out through some kind of energy field or something and then landing rough on grass and a large contingent of what are, you know, fairly obviously some form of government black vehicles uh, coming towards her. 
she doesn't seem to be particularly concerned. So I think there are probably people she is uh, at least or knows probably or is associated with. But that's kind of where that's kind of where the episode leaves off that something is going on here. And as the as the the camera pans out, pulls out, I should say. You can see that there's a number of searchlights kind of erected in around kind of where you you can kind of see a little bit of the shimmer of this energy field. So this is me just just guessing here. Um, but I am thinking that this is Wanda to some extent, whether completely her control or not. She has basically taken control of this small town of is it Westview? Westview. Westview. Initially, first episode, most of the second episode we see Wanda basically being able to control everything. And that's kind of why we have that, that very Pleasantville feeling to it. But much like Pleasantville, as things start to happen and change, and very likely as Wanda's mental state is deteriorating, she is losing her grip on things. And that's when we start seeing characters becoming more aware and more cognizant and being able to fight things a little bit, that basically their free will is is trying to reassert itself and then and that she is fighting it and it seems like agnes is in some way either aiding wanda or she's kind of at the root of this that that wanda is the way she is because of agnes which is kind of why she was able to to put herb back into the 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 mindset if you will yeah i think it's also interesting to note with geraldine that wanda is really the only one she interacts with um in in the she doesn't she's not in the first episode but in the second episode um when all the housewives are getting ready for the fundraiser we don't see anybody else talking to Geraldine when we not not directly no when when the two of them are whispering back and forth uh what's her name Dottie Dottie there we go oh god that just that's such a fitting name (laughs) um Dottie does acknowledge both of them Yes. And and at the end of this episode, the doctor does uh, speak to her, um, you know, tells her that she would make a great nurse. Um, that, yeah, that is true. And, the, and she and the doctor actually walk into the kitchen at one point to give Vision and Wanda a little bit of privacy with their newborn child. Yes. But in in the in the second episode, which is her first appearance, you know, we see her stage managing the fundraiser but we just so we just assume that she's interacted with everybody else but we don't actually ever see her um interacting with any of the other acts or any anybody else who's involved in the fundraiser or in the show um and and then um during this episode uh when agnes and herb are uh talking at the wall um which catches vision's attention they're saying things like did you see she just walked right in what and, and they're talking about how she doesn't have a home there she just kind of appeared right she doesn't have a home she doesn't have family she like and basically they're like what is she doing here and at first it comes off as a comment about her being black and then you realize there's, there's more to it than that and I, I do think honestly i think part of the reason that they had herb be involved in that conversation is so that it didn't come off as that way that could, um, that could be because they're i think they truly are talking about just she is a new person and a somebody that they don't know and when you're living in an idealized uh you know idealized small town world uh you know everybody and 
Um, <laughs> so, so I, I suspect that Herb was chosen as the neighbor to get involved in that conversation just so that, um, you know, it, it didn't become something about her being black because Herb is also black. So, um, but it, it definitely, definitely could come across that way. Yeah. Um, so I think the last thing major to talk about is obviously I have mentioned it in passing, but Wanda does not have just one child. She has twin boys and they are named Tommy and Billy. Now, Tommy and Billy are the names of Wanda's twins in the comics who have had a very tumultuous uh, history. They were real. They were not real. They disappeared. They're back, but not the same. They're not like her, her children. They're just, the characters exist, but they are mutants. Uh, Wiccan is uh, Billy, I believe, who has similar powers to Scarlet Witch. And then Tommy is uh, Speed, who, you know, that's pretty obviously has the same powers as Pietro. And I will say, um, for those of us who do not have um, reality bending powers, uh, have her having... Uh, twins is actually one of the most realistic things about this uh this whole pregnancy and episode because um just from basic biology um the fact that she was a fraternal twin actually puts her at an increased risk or not risk but um has an increased chance of herself having fraternal twins um as a mother so from a biology standpoint in the real world that actually is not, you know, unrealistic. Yeah, it's it's actually funny. I had thought about that. <laughs> um, but I know you have a theory as to, in this universe, why she had a second baby. Ah, uh, yes. It's that time where we talk about our conspiracy theories. <laughs> More than I already have, because, you know, I've already started this because this is... This is almost lost level kind of rabbit holes. Uh, we've only got like nine episodes and we're a third of the way through, so... The rabbit hole is probably not going to go as deep or they're just going to go really deep, really fast. So we'll find out. No, my theory on this is that throughout the episode, Wanda wants to name the baby Tommy. Vision wants to name him Billy. And it, it's kind of funny because every time she mentions Tommy, Vision just goes, eh. <laughs> Again, Paul Bettany doing a, a fantastic job uh, acting. But then once the child is born and Vision is holding him for the first time, he calls him Tommy. And that obviously has a, has a deep impact on, on Wanda. And almost immediately after they have this moment, Wanda starts screaming in Vision's face, which is, again, great comedic moment. But then suddenly she's having another child. We've had no inkling up until now that she's having twins. And then suddenly we are having, we, we, we've got this second child coming. And it feels like she is doing this to, to kind of give back for for visions let's say generosity there but because vision without any kind of fight without any kind of prompting just immediately you know named the child what she wanted she tr tried to give him another child that could be of the name of his choosing yes although frankly that is just a good dad move to make although she had a very easy and fast pregnancy and <laughs> delivery um you know when your wife goes through that uh you and i agreed on our names um very yeah, early on yeah, I was saying but... significantly in advance <laughs> yes um although you know it it took us longer than 12 hours uh to have a baby but anyways um <laughs> but just you know 
your wife carries the baby, births the baby, maybe give her the name. All right. So, so what stood out to you? What, what, first off, what conspiracy theories do you have? Mm. Um, because there's, there's all always so much fun in these. Uh, but then, but then, yeah. What else? What else stood out to you? What What made this episode for you? Um. Well, one of the, I noticed a bunch of things because after watching this episode, I'm like, okay, let me go back to the other episodes, see what I can figure out and piece together. And one thing that I did notice was that um, Agnes has the same brooch. Sometimes it's a brooch or a pin. Sometimes it's a pendant on a necklace. But it's it's the same brooch in every single episode and I can't see what it is but you were mentioning that Agatha Harkness in the comics she frequently has a a brooch um you know she she dresses very Victorian-esque so it's the high collar and the brooch on the collar um so she often has that it's it's fairly nondescript from what I can tell from what I from what I've seen um probably a little bit more so even than than what we're seeing from Agnes because Agnes is it looks like there is something to it it's just not clear what it is but uh but it kind of supports the theory that Agnes is this character Agatha Harkness it is certainly one more shred of evidence because we're really right now all we're dealing with is is th- shreds and threads and little bits of stuff that the cat puked up and yeah. Um and and then I also I I theorize that um because because vision is gone in in reality vision is dead and we know that eventually and i think it's going to be in the next episode um at least in the trailer there's um one of the trailers there's him talking to agnes and she goes am i dead and he goes no why would you think that and she goes because you are <clears throat> maybe it might be the episode after because that's more of a 90s look because it's the halloween right I, yeah i think that may go more with like the roseanne style could be episode but but pretty soon we're gonna get to that halloween episode which i think is gonna be a big one um probably but we know in reality and she said at the end of endgame that no that he's he's really gone um so i kind of think that vision is the like she's basically split herself and vision is the part of her that's trying to get back to reality because vision is the one who keeps pointing out things are going wrong and then she just tries to erase what he says and and he's the one who people are trying to connect with him and explain to him what's going on and um and and I think he's less he's somewhat concerned about keeping up their, you know, normal life facade, but um but he also, you know, almost leaves the house without changing his face to human or No, she is certainly more concerned about keeping their secrets. Yes. Which is interesting because, you know, the secret is not all that secret like you know the she and and vision weren't exactly like incognito most of the time in general you know people have seen the avengers right um so so yeah i think i think that vision is going to be key to bringing her back to reality and she's and and that's the side of herself that she's going to need to reincorporate 
to her personality or whatever is going on in order for her to get back to reality. Um, See, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know that I would say she's that it's it's a split of her because Vision is still very much Vision. I think it is she has altered reality, and and now in this reality, I mean, I mean, it's some kind of looks like a little you know pocket dimension basically, but in this little enclosed reality vision is still alive and i think at some i think at some point vision will not so not like reincorporate and bring her back to reality but convince her to let go yeah and to to let to go back to reality she she cannot go back to reality as long as he exists because he doesn't exist in reality right um so one one other thing i did actually two other things i found on the internet one for this episode and then and i have a little bit of something from last episode in this episode the commercial is for hydra soap now at one point i was a fairly big fan of agents of shield and i kind of just uh trailed off when they kept bringing the same dude back as the villain no matter what how many times they killed him and i just got frustrated with it but apparently i should have stuck around because uh at one point they're in some kind of alternate reality or something. I'm not exactly sure of those details, but Hydra is controlling everyone specifically using special soap that has these chemicals in it that, that make people believe certain things. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So now maybe it's just a reference, like an homage, or maybe we're, you know, legitimately onto something. At this point in the MCU, or at least, you know, when Hydra was introduced... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was pretty solidly still in the canon. It kind of, as the series progressed, it kind of wandered off onto its own. But at this point, it was still very solidly in within the MCU canon. So I wouldn't necessarily rule out that being part of whatever's going on. Um, now, the other thing, speaking of HYDRA and uh, their introduction into the MCU... In episode two, and I will definitely post a picture of this uh, online, but in episode two, at one point... Uh, just to the left of the kitchen in the, in their house, there is a, a painting or a mural on a wall. And if you look very carefully, it bears a striking resemblance to Strucker's castle in the beginning of Age of Ultron, which is also where Wanda and Pietro got their powers. It's also um, the the commercial in that episode is for the Strucker watch. Yep. Um, yeah. Thank you to whoever, you know, sits and goes frame by frame <laughs> through these to find these really random and obscure things in the background. Yeah. Yeah. No. Lots of lots of good, good Internet research there. <laughs> thank you, Internet. Not not by me. I'm not I'm not coming up with with some of these these easter eggs yeah i do find it interesting that um you know all all three of the commercials thus far have been fairly sexist which is for the time that they were being you know that they're trying to emulate um is uh is is appropriate for that time or is reflective of that time and they do you know it it is done as a parody and they are, you know, going a little bit over the top so that you can laugh at it. Oh my god! Um, yeah, the um, I love in the toaster commercial. Just how how dead, dead to the universe <laughs> that poor woman is. Yeah, her she has no soul because it has just been stomped into dust. Yeah, and then in in this one, in, in the second uh, commercial, she's just an accessory to the guy, and then in the third one, you know the 
peak of relaxation is taking a bubble bath in your own bathtub and pretending that you're on some Greek aisle or something. Right. Um, so, but also, you know, in this episode, the doctor in particular makes uh, several sexist comments, which, um, you know, Wanda clearly doesn't appreciate. And so it's like, you're controlling this world. Uh <laughs> Again, for for the time period, and they do make it so over the top that it's comical, that it's supposed to be comical. But um, I, I kind of wonder, like, she's clearly bothered by it. Like, why is she letting it happen in that world? Um, and, and maybe it's just because that is appropriate for the time frame that right. they're trying to do. Um, That's possible. Yeah. I, I don't know if. You know, I don't know what's going to come with that or that she just wants uh, she wants that sense of normalcy. She wants to be a, a normal housewife. And so she'll take, you know, even the the put downs from the do- from the doctor um, in order to get it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that one, I think we'll we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, and again, like we've mentioned, we're not don't really think that that everyone else is aware of the commercials. They, yeah, they seem to be happening kind of outside of the the, yeah. na- the narrative. Yeah, I think the commercials is just, you know, that's uh what commercials were like and um that's the stuff that was marketed. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh I feel like there was something else. Oh, I also I was looking at the commercials because um I had noticed that in the first commercial we have the toaster that has a ticking sound that gets progressively faster in the second commercial we have a ticking for the watch we have a ticking sound that gets progressively faster so i was looking in this one to see if that ticking sound was going to come back there's not a ticking sound but there is the smoke detector going off yeah i don't know i don't know if that means anything it could not again we're just reading into stuff because we have nothing better to do (laughs) yeah i mean again you know although this is only nine episodes they are taking their time for a slow build you know the first episode we saw almost nothing wrong second episode a little bit wrong we got a little, we got a little bit more this time obviously next episode we're going to get even more you know it, it's going to build to a to a peak and then i think from there it is just going to be you know going at 100 miles an hour for probably two or three episodes yeah and I I have a theory. I, I suspect one that something is going to happen with the kids. That I mean, I I fully expect something's going to happen with the kids. But in the trailers, we don't really see them past. Uh, I think there's something in the '80s episode. We see them in in cribs and tossing p- pacifiers in the right. air. But beyond that, I think once we hit the '90s episode, things are gonna go downhill super fast. Um, because we don't see the kids, and that may just be a choice that they um that they didn't put the kids in the trailer. If the kids do continue to appear, um, I, I suspect that they'll be in the '90s episode only because of the Halloween and the trick or treating. Yeah. Um, but I also, there was one scene in one of the trailers where, and I, it looked like it was from the nineties episode, but it looked, it, it could have been the two thousands or whatever. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, where Wanda looks very depressed, like in, like she hasn't gotten dressed. She hasn't washed her hair. She's just making things go haywire and just like she looks like very depressed and i think 
Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but no. And again, knowing, knowing the comics, I fully expect something to happen to the kids. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? I'm just really excited to see what happens. Oh, no. You know what? There is one final thing okay. that I meant to talk about last episode. I, we didn't. Uh, it's not episode specific. It's the end credit sequence. I absolutely love this end credit sequence because it's done with all of the, the red and blue and green pixels from old televisions. I also think the end credit sequence gives us a clue as to when things are going to fully fall apart. And I think, as, as we've mentioned multiple times, I think the Halloween episode is going to be it because we actually see um, like images from each of the episodes, kind of like we see the mobile with the butterflies. Right. Um, and then it then we see the like the Scarlet Witch and Vision like masks that presumably they're going to wear in the Halloween episode. And then after we see that, that's when we then see the house and the house like explodes into pixels and and things. Yeah, so. th that is certainly possible. I mean, really, what I just want to say like, is just how cool I am so impressed by this. This end credit. It is so very cool. It's, it's a, such a, a beautiful and amazing and again, just cool visual. Yes. Oh, no, it's gorgeous. I, I also I meant to say that I meant to say this last uh, last episode, too. But how lucky is Paul Bettany to have gotten to take this character and do every, he started out as a voiceover actor for Jarvis in the Iron Man movies and obviously had no idea where this character was going to go. And now he's gotten to do voiceover. He's gotten to do action. He's gotten to do comedy and sitcom and like and, and he does it all fantastically yeah just, that's an he, actor's dream <laughs> yeah he, he has certainly been able to get the the absolute most out of this although apparently somewhat somewhat jokingly there was apparently a uh scene that got cut from endgame i don't know if it ever got filmed but that would be alluding to wandavision of basically her looking at like a almost like a morgue with vision's body laid like laid out on a, on a table um and and paul bettany was was saying you know I mean, a he really would have liked the scene in general, but uh, he was also really hoping for some of that uh, that end game profit participation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, for, from an actor's perspective, to to get to stay with sort of the same character, but do so many different things with that one character and evolve the character. Yeah, that's that's just so cool, and he he just does it so spectacularly. Especially for a character that could be as two dimensional as Vision. Yeah. Like, like he is getting to do so much with Vision, which is a character that could just be very boring, very monotonous. And again, he wasn't hired for Vision. He was hired as Jarvis. And, right. you know, he was hired to come into the studio and record a couple of times. And right, then, because he's British and he sounds like a butler. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it's just, it's really, really cool. So, I think that, that just about uh, wraps up our final thoughts. So... Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Next week, we are going to be talking about episode four, because apparently we are ish coming out once a one episode a week now. I'm totally fine with that. That's less things for me to think about at the time. But make sure you, you watch and join us next week. All right. Hey. All right. Good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. <laughs>